What's up, pals? You're tuned in to episode 13 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. The boys are back in town this week, so I am joined by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown, the edgelord with a heart of gold himself, Mr. Robert Thompson, and the guildmaster, Mr. Sean Bartley. It feels good to be back, boys. How are we all doing? Good. Good. Happy to be back. Yeah, it's been, what, a month since I've been, like, all in the same room with you guys? Or, same chat with you guys? <laughs> same, same room. Yeah. Same room. <laughs> Spread out across two towns, three yeah. states. Man, wonders of technology, man. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm pretty good. Now I have the boys are back in town stuck in my head, though. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, you ever see that one tweet? It's like, kind of fucked up how there's a million love songs and only one song about the boys being back in town. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's a good point, man. There are like a lot of songs about just hanging out with your bros. But there is also the jam. I forget the name of the song, but it's that 80s song where it's like, I'm hanging out with the boys. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Out, like gym montages and 80s movies and stuff. Hanging out with the boys. Wow, man. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'm very excited to jump into the show this week. However, before we get into it, I do want to tell you guys where you can find the Video Game Pals all around the web. For starters, if you want to write into the show and hear your thoughts right on the air, give us a random question of the week, or just say, hey, you can drop us a line at the Comics Pals. That's the Comics with an S pals at gmail.com you can also follow our sister show at the comics pals wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date with everything we've got going on here at the pals network if you're an audio listener we would greatly appreciate it if you give us a like on your platform of choice or if you really want to help us out you can bounce over to itunes where we are currently a five-star rated podcast trying to break into that sweet six star uh I don't even know like what you'd call that. Tasty, the next sweet star Go give us a rating on iTunes. The joke didn't land. If you're over on YouTube, do us a solid like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We've got a ton of exclusive YouTube content coming in the weeks to come. So get in on the ground floor and uh, make sure you're there when it happens. And then last but not least, the best thing you can do to help us out is just share the show. You know, share it with your pals so they can come check out the show and be our pals too. So with all that out of the way, let's kick the show off uh, the way we always do by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, Sean, Andy, you guys were gone. Which one do you want to go first? I'll go. Um, okay. I I really haven't done anything different than the usual, to be honest. Uh, lots of WoW, lots of Heroes of the Storm. Actually, I guess that's not totally true. I've been playing um, Pokemon, the trading card game online a lot recently. Oh, oh nice. Cool. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Um, so what got you into that? Well, I've played that off and on for about two years. I'm, most of us have played the Pokemon trading card game at some point in our lives, um, yeah, yeah. and I've always been a big fan of that game, and I kind of jumped between that and Hearthstone, uh, so right now I'm off Hearthstone uh, and just into this right now, I guess. It's 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 a lot of fun. That's that's an amazing card game. Didn't the new set like just come out? The new set drops in a few days, actually. Okay, alright. Yeah, I guess I'm a little early. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Very, very good. Um... I honestly, if you like card games, I really recommend checking it out. If you've played the Pokemon training card game before, it's everything that you remember, but the cards look phenomenal now. Like the, the, the designs are amazing. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a more in-depth game, but it's not Yu-Gi-Oh level in depth. It's not, it's not stupid with the, the different, um, systems and stuff like that. It's, it still has that right. simple <laughs> flair, but with, it's just an updated engine, basically. Lots of fun. That's cool. 
Yeah, I've actually been toying with the idea of getting into the online version just because... Because you're really into Night March? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I hate Night March. I, know, like, I have a couple friends that play the TCG, and like the online version seems like a way more cost-effective way to play the Sweet. game. Um, and uh, I don't know, like, I, they almost got me last year when they did that like legacy set where they like took the art from all the old cards and then just updated them and recontextualized them in like the modern game and I, I was like this close to getting back into it but i'm like really glad i didn't because like uh, we've talked a couple times about uh, a friend of ours named jared who is like a guy we play games with all the time and i remember he was like dude just get a couple packs it's so much fun i was like jared you're at you're just asking me to do heroin like you're asking <laughs> me to take a drug that i'll never rebound from <laughs> Well, I, the nice thing is that you really can make whatever deck you want to make without spending a dime on the game. Uh, and if you just feel like playing a few games a day, you can do tournaments on there. Um, nice. You get tons of free stuff. It, you know, you can really you can really play it at your own pace, and that's what's so fun about it. They give you pre-made decks that you can work with. There's just no reason not to play. You, you should definitely get into it, man. Dude, I, I, maybe I will. We can play together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then the only other thing is World of Warcraft is going great. Uh, my guild right now is top 200 in the United States, which is pretty cool. Oh, oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's really that's high. Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, wow. We're, we're doing well. I contributed by standing in lots of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, what's, uh, what's the name of your guild again? Beyond the Flames. Shout out. Beyond the Flames that Andy was standing in. <laughs> that, that's it for me cool what about you andy um not much new in terms of like number of games i've tried but in the past two weeks i started playing nba 2k17 and Ooh, like a lot a lot really yeah i'm like i've put like 40 hours into this game in two weeks um i've only been playing the my career stuff too it's like it's a lot of fun. Um I've never like played not never. Uh there's some great lost episodes of Slack and Slash of me and Pete playing nineties basketball games. <laughs> we put up uh we put up the first two, I think. I think we just never did Space Jam. Yeah, we Jam. never played Space Jam. <laughs> um if you guys wanna go check it out, uh me and Pete's old channel, you can watch Pete beat the shit out of me at Barkley Shut Up and Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can watch me style on Pete in Looney Tunes B-Ball, both for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> it was a good two weeks of content. <laughs> Looney Tunes B-Ball. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. game was really cool. My skills from Barkley Shut Up and Jam did not translate as well as you'd think. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying Daffy Dunk is the man. <laughs> <laughs> Yosemite Jam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this is the first time I've played like a modern basketball game, and I'm really into it. Um, the 2K My Career Mode has a story like written and directed by the dude who wrote Creed. Which is like so weird. <laughs> I'm, 2K16 had a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. But it's been like good. It's just kind of weird though, because like my one teammate that I'm, like, best friends with now, and we're making a splash on and off the court, is Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> and, like, my... He's taken me to his barber, who's Hannibal Burris. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> like, this? this is... I love... I, 
I love this movement in sports games these last couple of years to just be like, what if we just did Tony Hawk's Underground, but as a basketball and or soccer and or football game? And it's like, yeah, all right. Like, cool. It's like, I'm really enjoying the sports gameplay, but what I'm really, I think, most enjoying about it is the, like, sports RPG of it. Yeah. Because, like, I, you know, I play games and I do marketing events and I get money that I use to upgrade my stats. And, like actual real-life basketball players text me to hang out and I have to balance my time. <laughs> so it's like Persona. It's Persona, Persona basketball. basketball. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So how many more times do you have to hang out with Michael Jordan before you can summon his ghost to help you fight your gym teacher's dick? Surprisingly, that's the tutorial. <laughs> no, Michael Jordan doesn't want to hang out with me. Um, but I do... I am the face of his shoes, so, you know. All right. But yeah, it's just been this and a lot of, like, League and PUBG. Cool, cool. Nothing really, you know, else. So what about you, Thompson? Well, uh, it's been a pretty big, like, week for me in gaming. Uh, Since I got the Switch, I dropped Mario Kart in. I've obviously been playing Zelda, like I said last week. Um, That's... Probably been the you hadn't touched Mario Kart last week, so what are your what are your thoughts on it? Oh, um, yeah, it's it's Mario Kart, man. Like it's good. I don't know. It's it's probably the best Mario Kart I've played. Uh, but you know, if you like Mario Kart, there's it's I don't know how else to say it. it's Mario Kart. You know what I mean? There's not much to yeah, say. Yeah, I do think about this is like it. definitively the best one yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's it's great. It's I got what I expected. Um, but Zelda's been like a, the gem for me this this entire time. I've I've probably put like. Uh, I've ran that damn battery out like eight times already. <laughs> so, uh, like, not you know, I get to like one percent, and I just like pause, like you know, put this power off. I'm like, okay, fine, fuck, you know, I guess I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> um, so that's been great. Uh, beat my first divine beast. I'm kicking ass in that game. Um, I reinstalled Crusader Kings two for a while. That was a good ten hours of time, just like on and off. Uh, I decided to get really esoteric and use the rule designer. I picked a small Russian province and created the Trump family there. And I've been slowly consolidating power inside of Russia, fighting Lithuanians. It's It's been a weird game. I've lied and cheated my way to the very top um, in like the year 1000-ish. So <laughs> that's pretty fun. Um, you guys might remember Battlefleet Gothic. I got back into that again for a hot minute. <laughs> um, there was... Oh yeah, you and the six other people still play? Oh hey, wait. 273, baby. Come on. It was good. <laughs> there, there, I actually got a game like within minutes, so that Must was have been, oh, because it was at sale recently, right? Yeah, <laughs> like two seventy three is basically <laughs> six in terms of like online player base. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, like it, it, it's fucking great, and every time there's a sale, I get to jump on, so that's cool. Um, also, I got into Rainbow Six Siege because that was fifteen bucks for like the starter edition, and that game is really fun because. That game is the best-selling game of the year. <laughs> really? It's it's actually yeah. really fun. I, I used to play the free weekends, but I didn't really get into it too hard, you know? I had, like, 15 hours in just free weekends alone, but... Was it more uh, than PUBG? More fun than PUBG? It's it's fun in a different way. Like, you do have to survive and all that, but the rounds are really quick, and there's attackers and defenders. Everyone has their own kit and their own, like, class ability, and there's, like, 20 on each side. So, it has, like, that MOBA kind of feel, not, like, where you're actually having lanes and all that, but the idea of like characters and stuff you know like rpg kind of elements are in there so it's got um, a real quick champions vibe yeah that kind of shit um but also pubg 
uh, been playing the shit out of that. So I think that's everything. There's probably more. I don't know. There's always probably more. I usually jump in and out of like random things. Cool, cool. What about you, Petey Pop? For me, it's yeah, kind of similar deal as I was last week. I'm still making my way through the Crash Bandicoot Insanity Collection, which we'll talk a little bit uh, about today in the news. Uh, and then I jumped back into Zelda in a pretty big way uh, when Thompson got his Switch and re-inspired me to get back into it. I'm probably about 50% of the way through the first Crash and 25% of the way through Crash 2. As for Zelda, um, I've been doing a lot of like side stuff like I have been because every time I go to do main story shit, I just get caught up in like, oh, there's a tower I haven't climbed yet. Oh, there's another shrine. Oh, there's a thing here. So I'm finally going and taking on my first Divine Beast. Um, and I'm at the part where I'm at, I'm at the Zora Domain. Yeah. And I'm trying to like fight that Lionel and get those uh, shock arrows. And it's just like I haven't figured out the rhythm of how to not let him catch me and murder me right away. You know, so. what I did was I just snuck around and grabbed the arrows and walked the hell out. Maybe that's the move. They're all in the trees. You can get about like 30 from trees alone. And they suggested... I don't even have to fight them? No. They suggested getting 20, but dude, you only need, in theory, four. If you do every shot perfectly, you only need to hit four things. Huh. So right. 20 is like an overestimation. Just keep that in mind. You can also buy them. Yeah, they're like far away. Now. I don't want to like leave. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get through that first Divine Beast tonight. I, I have no idea how many more hours I have left with Zelda. Probably 80 or so, because I played it for like 20, but... I know I haven't even scratched the surface. There's so much of the map I haven't even touched yet. Um, but it's, you know, it's still, it's absolutely one of my game of the year contenders. I'm glad to be back into it. Uh, I also picked up Splatoon 2 this week. Uh, haven't got a chance to play it, though, because I bought it on release day. That night, I went to a concert, and then yesterday, uh, I got, I was at my girlfriend's house and fell asleep before I was able to play it. So <laughs> I'm hoping I'm going to get a chance to jump into it tonight, um, and I'll probably have some first impressions for you guys next week. So uh, keep it tuned. Awesome. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for what we're playing this week. Uh, but before we move on into the news, it's time for the random question of the week. Ooh, I've been playing with like the timbre of that <laughs> at like different times. Like trying to like just keep it fresh. You know, I don't want it to be boring. <laughs> I think I might get into some weird like Tom Kenny SpongeBob shit where I'll just be like, wee. <laughs> <laughs> That's Meh, a good Squidward. Meh, Squidward. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite console of all time? Can I say the PC? Yeah, the PC. No, you know what? No, that's a cop out because then you and Tom's will both just say <laughs> PC. It's the best <laughs> console. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're not talking about what do you? We're not talking about a thing that you can do your taxes on. Steambox, a game console. <laughs> Wait, you've never done your taxes on a Game Boy Color, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> it had the little printout and everything. You could <laughs> use the Game Boy printer. Yeah, <laughs> you print the entire thing on receipt paper. <laughs> uh, for me, it's pretty simple. PS3. Okay. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was an evolution of everything that I loved about the PlayStation. Um, some of my favorite games ever are on that console. Uh, I had a lot of fun those years with the wrestling games that they that they dropped. Um, some of the best, just just cinematic experiences came from me on that console as well. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, what games exactly. Well, the Grand Theft Auto games 
that came out on the PS3 were phenomenal. Um, gosh. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 4 was, like, a pretty big game changer. Yeah. It, I feel like almost all of my favorite console games came out on the PS3. Um, the Marvel... It was a good generation. Yeah, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games uh, were huge for me. Uh, man, I wish I had a list in front of me. It's a tough question to answer on the spot. I know the answer is PS3, though, for sure. All right, well, germ on it. If you can think of more games, we'll circle back to yeah. you. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a solid answer. I mean, mine's kind of a very similar vein. I think my answer is probably Xbox 360. What? Which is weird. Yeah, wow. right? Which is weird because because I, I thought about this question a lot when I made this decision, right? And, like, I don't have an emotional attachment to Xbox uh, as a brand. Um I'm a huge fanboy of both Sony and Nintendo's first-party games, but when I think about, like, what makes a console, right? It's games. And that generation was the generation that lasted the longest, and it was the generation that I was probably, like, the most intimately interested in video games. Like, I always played games my whole life, but, like, that was at the age where I was able to buy games for myself and be really engaged in, like, these are the games that are coming out. I can, like, I knew about developers and, like, was getting, like, into the industry and everything, you know? And, like, again, when I think about it, most of my favorite games on my, like, you know, we did, uh, back in the Slack and Slash days, we did an episode about our seven fave games. That was, like, a trending Twitter hashtag for a while. And most of them are from that generation, and the Xbox is where I played them. You know, I didn't get a PS3 until the very end of that life cycle, and while there are a few PS3 games I really love, um, Xbox 360 was where all my friends played, it was cheaper, and I was poor. So I couldn't afford a PS3 when I was in high school, and I had a 360. My parents weren't going to buy me a $700 PS3, they would buy me a $500 Xbox Elite, though. And all my friends had Halo, all my friends were already on that ecosystem, so I adopted it. And, like, when I think about it, you know, some of my best gaming experiences, like, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Dishonored, you know, uh, Skyrim, like, there's so many seminal games I played on the Xbox 360. Hmm. I have a lot of really fond memories with that console, you know? That's really Bioshock, fucking, like, it was also, like, my main media device for a number of years, you know? Like, I watched movies on it all the time. Like, I used it every single day, all the time. In a way where, like, I don't know if I've ever been that intimately connected with just one console. Because before that, I was a multi-console guy. I had all three of them, and I played all of them pretty equally. And 360 was, like, my home for, like, ten years, you know? So, it was a, a big chunk of time where I was really dedicated to that ecosystem. Wow. Yeah, that's solid. So, jumping off both of those, I want to say the 360 also for the same reasons but my 360 died every year and i got really pissed off at it <laughs> so i went through like six of them and like two were donated to me and i have literally got a stack of them and every one that's defeated like goes underneath the pile you know so like the top one that's working <laughs> is on top and so i never had to do that with another console and i intimately despise something about these systems because they just break all the time you know something always weird they would happen to you yeah well you know but like i had a lot of great games though like the same things you were saying you know like bioshock and all those other ones and so but then i, I I'm, I'm a lot more torn to like the playstation side uh because I'm, I'm a sony guy you know so it's like i had I mean, so am I. but i had like less great top 10 games you know on the sony side but i still liked my playstation and stuff more probably because i got burned by the xbox so, 
I really don't know which one to pick, you know, because like I hate. I mean, didn't you didn't you have a PS3 first? Yeah, I had it like the day it came broke? out. It it broke to the day one year after I got it. Yeah, and then you got a 360, and that broke every year. Yeah, and it was never it was never PS3 a red fixed. ring. It was not even once a red ring. Wow. It was just something stupid happened every time. Yeah, I remember your like disc thing. I remember there was that one thing where your disc thing got offset yeah. and the laser was fucked up and it like wore a groove in yeah. the bottom of your disc. I put a disc in and it like oh it was GTA four did it too, actually. The yeah. greatest thing was I had to get I was like, I'm gonna get GTA four and I got that thing working. So fun little fact to put the damn thing in, have to clean up room because it was like ridiculously large, no one told me it was that large. Fuck, clean out half the games I didn't want to get rid of. Um throw the disc in and it cut the disc in half basically and i was like that was my experience with gta 4 for the first time uh failure complete miserable failure i didn't get it eventually working oh it's terrible see i have terrible so wait i i know you you're very traumatized no no what is your favorite i i really don't know because it's between these two (laughs) i can't pick it's bad i'm gonna jump in while you decide thompson (laughs) yeah i'm gonna throw it back um my favorite console of all time is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Cool. <laughs> Respect. Um, it was, like, the first console I ever spent any real time with. Like, my uncle had one, and it was just, like, those were the video games I played. And then, as I got a little older, I started doing, like, emulated, emulators and stuff on my PC. And Super Nintendo emulation was the one that was cracked. I, like, tried to play you know, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. And, like, Nintendo 64 emulation is still garbage. Sure is. (laughs) So, like, I got into, you know, Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger, Mario RPG, all those formative experiences in my video game career are Super Nintendo games. Like, I don't know, if you ask me to name my three favorite genres, I'd probably kick it back to things that, like, started for me at the Super Nintendo, like, JRPGs. I don't think it's a stretch to say that's probably the best console for them. It's like a, there, there's an argument to be made there, but I feel like most people would agree with that. Yeah. It's like, it's not a a super hot take. It's like, there's gonna be one guy who's gonna be like, fuck you, it's the PlayStation 1, you'll be like, yeah, alright. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you, if you try to argue PlayStation 1, I'll be like, man, you should be arguing PlayStation 2 here. Come on. <laughs> Fuck, where was it going? Oh, like, I love the JRPGs. I love the beat-em-ups. And I love, like, old-school platformers with that perfect Mario difficulty curve, you know? I mean, yeah, it's like, that's such a that's such an easy console to love, right? I mean, we talked about the Super Nintendo Mini announcement. It was like, man, all 21, all 21 of these games are some of the best games ever made. And Star Fox 2, which nobody's ever played. Right, and it's also not good, because <laughs> I played it. Oh, did you? Is it not good? You can get, there's ROM dumps of it that are, like, done, and it's just not, it's not great. Like, it, I understand why they didn't put it out, <laughs> um, but all right. It changed my answer, PlayStation <laughs> 2. Uh, it's got Metal Gear Solid 3 on it. It does have Metal Gear Solid 3 on it. All right, more of a Jack and Daxter yeah, guy myself, but all right, Perfect. great, great choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for our random question of the week. If you guys want to send in your own random questions, remember, you can send us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's the comics with an S, pals at gmail.com. And we will read it on the air. And you can save me a little bit of effort in putting the show together. Uh, so please, write in. <laughs> All right, so I guess that means it's time for... The news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. 
All right, so we've got six items on the news week this... <laughs> you caught that? <laughs> we've got six items on the news list this week. Uh, so if you guys tuned in last week, uh, you heard me and Thompson's thoughts on Netflix's Castlevania show. If you haven't, please go check it out. Uh, and our biggest complaint for the show was that we wanted more. And it appears that we will be getting that more sooner than we thought. So the show's writer uh, slash co-producer, Warren Ellis, took to his Tumblr blog uh, last Thursday to inform fans, quote, Castlevania will be back in 2018 with eight new episodes. Since people have been asking, pass it on. And then after that, he wrote, I'm the writer and co-producer, which I would hope people know. But if not, um, <laughs> yeah, so Castlevania is back in 2018 with a double length season, which flies dire directly in the face of what we thought in terms of no, length. called it. Dude, I said no. It's you gonna... said you thought it were going to be a twelve episode series with three different it, blocks. All... No, all together it's going to be twelve episodes. So it's either oh. going to be yeah, yeah. It's exactly I what I'm saying. I don't know, man. I don't we think got the it's first third. I just re-listened to that podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. I was just saying. I, I, I guess I misunderstood when you, oh, you yeah, said yeah, twelve yeah. episodes. I thought you meant three four episode seasons. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it'll end here. I think we'll get a third season. Oh, we're gonna get more. Yeah, we're gonna get more. It's gonna be. It's it's too successful. I think already. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it's got some good groundswell. Um, and I, yeah, so we really liked it. You can go hear our thoughts about it in our review episode, or you already heard them if you tuned in last week. But I did want to toss it over to Andy real quick, because I know he watched it and missed out on the review. Do you want to just quickly share your thoughts on the show? Um, I thought it was good. I wanted more of it. It definitely felt like less like a show and more like a movie. Yeah. Because they'd cut into four episodes for some reason. And I don't know. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I would love more. I like. I love how true to Castlevania the edginess was. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, so keep an eye out. We will definitely talk about it when it drops. Uh, all right, so item number two is a previously unreleased level is now available for Crash Bandicoot's Insane Trilogy. Uh, so during the Crash Bandicoot panel at San Diego Comic-Con, it was announced that a level called Stormy Ascent which was a previously unreleased level from the original Crash Bandicoot, has been released as a free DLC for the next month. So whether or not you have a copy of the game, right now you can go download the level for free uh, between now and August 19th. You can't play it if you don't own the game, but if you plan on getting the game in the future, maybe you're waiting for a sale, you can go grab this level for free uh, up until the 19th. So definitely go do that if you're a Crash fan. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the level was left out of the original Crash because it was like apparently brutally difficult um, playtesters who were, like, working on the game reported it took upwards of, like, 60 lives to get through this level, and they were just like, no, that's way too difficult, so they left it out, uh, and until now, it was only accessible by playing the original game on your PlayStation 1 with a Game Shark. Uh, so, this, uh, free release has come in response to the fact that Crash was actually the number one title in physical sales worldwide in June, despite only being on the market for two days. Wow. Uh, so we, we commented on that it was the biggest game in the UK, which isn't a huge surprise because, you know, there's a big, uh, PlayStation lineage there. But to see that it was worldwide the number one physical game sale with only two days on the shelves is pretty crazy. That's fucking crazy. That's, that's so insane, dude. Holy shit. That's a lot of sales. <laughs> yeah. For, for just huge. two days? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, right. Exactly. And especially when you think about the other games that it beat out, you know, yeah. like stuff like Tekken. And, uh, which was the number one seller if you're looking at both physical and digital. Um, 
but yeah, it was a, it's a single platform game. Like that's the thing that's crazy is that like yeah. it's only on PlayStation and it's all this this crazily, you know? Yeah, it's such a small market for two days. You know, like I mean, the PlayStation market's huge. I mean, but like it's not on multi platform. It's a small it's window. Just two, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy about this. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's I'm really excited for it because you know, like it shows that the series holds up. You know. Yeah. And like. I feel like this is definitely going to double down on the stuff we were talking about a couple weeks ago of like, so now we get a Spyro collection, right? Like, that's got to be around the corner. And like, maybe a new crash comes. We have to get a new crash. I mean, look at the response, right? Like, people love this. I, I yeah. honestly believe that people have been waiting on crash for the longest time. I Oh, they've been asking yeah. for it. We've been hungry. Yeah. and 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 as far as the level goes... I'm really pleased that they're releasing this level. I didn't know about this. I never heard that there was a hidden level that was inaccessible without a Game Shark. Um, but I think this is a cool kind of like, hey, we did it type thing where you know you guys have yeah. been so good to us. You guys have bought the game. Here's this level. Um, people who want that that different level of difficulty, that extra difficulty, will have a lot of fun with this. Hearing this news inspires me to go buy the game. I'm definitely going to go pick it up now. Um, I love that it's free. I think that's amazing. This is just this is such a this is such a a great story in gaming right now. Crash. Yeah, yeah, it's such a great success of a thing that people were like, "Man, we're so excited about this," but like, how's it gonna go? Yeah. Like, is, are people gonna care? Are they gonna show up for this? Is it gonna chart? And like, I didn't think it was gonna chart for anything because I was so afraid. Like, oh, it's coming out with two days in June, and I feel like it's gonna get a huge bulk of its sales on those first two days and then a bunch of other people will get it in July and it won't track for either month. But it's like, Nope, here we go. It was a huge success. Like, and for $40 too, like that's a big deal. Yeah. That price, the price point is huge. I think three games for 40 bucks. Oh yeah. yeah. And again, oh, you get three. Isn't it three? Yeah. yeah. It's all three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The insane trilogy though. I wasn't, yeah, right. I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> I, I think it just speaks to the fact that, the games market, there's room for experimentation and price point more so than we've seen, even with physical box copies of games like this. You know, like that Uncharted thing that was originally a DLC, Lost Legacy, and now it's coming out as a full-fledged game as well. And that's another game that's going to come out in August, $40, box copy. So, I don't know. I feel like this is really cool. Like, it's not only a success for Crash. I think it's a success for, like, Sony and Activision just in, like, well, can this work? Like, is there is there money to be made here in something smaller like this? Like, yeah, there is, clearly. For sure. I think that might be, like, where games are going to be going in the future. What do you mean? I don't know. We hear every year about how, like, game development is only getting more expensive for, like, the big AAA games. And the market has basically shown over the past 20, 25 years that $60 is the most you can sell a new game for. And I think that, like, I don't know, I think especially with the success of Crash... At that price point, that might be where we're going is, you know, smaller, throwbacky kind of experiences for at a $40 price point. I think it would be really interesting because I feel like, we've talked about this a couple of times in the show, but I think like over the last two generations, we saw the kind of crumbling away of those like A-tier games, you know, like the, like the THQs of the world and stuff who would put out, you know, or like when Activision would fart out those like very middle-of-the-road Spider-Man games and stuff like that. And, like, there was a lot more games that were of a lesser quality that you were still buying for $60. Yeah. 
And I wonder if we're going to see, to your point, like maybe there's a few, like maybe we get five or six really big, meaty AAA games that are the multi-million dollar games that go out every year. And we see a lot more experimentation with this, like, well, maybe we can put out a game like, you know, like I think Arms, right, is a game that probably should have sold for like 40 bucks, maybe instead of 60. And it still did well. It charted number four this month for top selling games, but like maybe it could have done a little bit better if it was a little more affordable. You yeah, know? like. At least for me, $40 is, like, my limit on impulse purchases. I, I think that's, like, not a... I think that makes sense, right? Like, I think, especially for when we, we've seen this trend towards, like, more multiplayer games, like, would it be so bad to put out a feature light multiplayer game at $40 and then just add to it later and maybe charge a little bit more? Absolutely not. I think the closer we get to seeing the companies not rely on brick and mortar, the more we'll see them experiment with this kind of stuff, though. Because I think as long as they're relying on GameStops and stuff to get Switches or PS4s in people's hands, that we're probably going to be fairly shackled to this. Yeah. Um, speaking of interesting things we're going to have to wait and see more about, uh, we've got another update on the Atari box, kind of. So Atari has sent an email to those who signed up for their Atari box. Excuse me. I uh, sent an email to those who signed up for their Atari Box mailing list with some more vague information about whatever the hell the Atari Box actually is. So, the email included two different screenshots of different versions of the unit, one with a wooden faceplate with a white Atari logo that was ver very similar to the uh, company's originally Atari original Atari 2600, and then a more modern-looking box that had, like, a black faceplate and a red logo. So, the email is so vague, I generally think it would genuinely think it would be a disservice for me not to read it aloud to you guys at home. So, real quick, um, it's not very long, but it says, First look at the Atari Box design. Thanks again for signing up to learn more about the Atari Box project. We've been blown away by the feedback since the teaser release, and today we're excited to share an exclusive look at the Atari Box design with you. So then there's the two pictures I told you about. We'll link to a place where you can check them out for yourself. And they say, our objective is to create a new product that stays true to our heritage while appealing to both old and new fans of Atari. Inspired by classic Atari design elements such as the iconic use of wood, ribbed lines, and raised back, we are creating a smooth design with ribs that flow seamlessly all around the body of the product, a front panel that can be either wood or glass, a front-facing logo, indicator lights that glow through the material, and an array of new ports, HDMI 4x USB SD. It's all in a parenthetical. We intend to release two editions, a wood edition and a black-red edition. As you can guess, those ports suggest modern internal specs. It also means that while we will be delivering classic gaming content, we will also be delivering current gaming content. We know you are hungry for more details on specs, games, features, pricing, timing, etc. We are not teasing you intentionally. We want to get this right, so we've opted to share things step-by-step step as we bring the Atari box to life and to listen closely to Atari community feedback as we do. There are a lot of milestones, challenges, and decision points in front of us in the months ahead, and we'll be giving you a lot more information and status updates as we progress, and we are thrilled to have you along for the ride. Hope you like where we are taking this. We'll be in touch soon. The Atari Bots Project Team. P.S. Please let us know what you think via our social channels, and also please like, follow, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I'll tell you what I think. What do you mean you're, you don't want to tease us? This is a tease! You sent me a picture and said a bunch of totally vague shit. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> we want, we're, we're dedicated to doing something that's new, but that's also old. We're dedicated to putting out old content, but also new content. 
I know it suggests modern and what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Did this mean anything to you guys? Like, um, no. Seeing the picture is cool, but you could guess everything they said by looking at it. And you don't need a descriptive email explaining, like, I, you could see the ports. Yeah, you're right. I can see the ports. Like, I, I get it, you know. But it didn't tell me anything. So. I love they're like, oh, there's four USB ports. It's like, oh! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I like how they say, like, yeah, I mean, the wood thing, I think, is cool as shit. Because, like, no, I do it agree. it looks cool. It's definitely a nice unit. But they had to, like, make a point of every little thing about it. Like, the raised back. Like, what the? That's not, I don't care, you know, about they're that. Like, they're like, oh, the lights blink through the front panel. Yeah. It's like, who the like, doesn't doesn't technology do that now like all the time yeah it's like i can also see that in the picture like, exactly yeah so they didn't say anything other than like what it looks like and that's fine i guess but they really should tell us something else about it like was it supposed to even be other than new and old that could be anything you know i don't know it has the one thing i wanted out of a new atari wood paneling yeah me too it has that so <laughs> that's you know that's great but that's all we know. <laughs> to be honest, I really don't have any thoughts. I'm still I'm still at a loss about what this is and what to expect and I just don't the message is, is muddled. I don't know what like I just I don't know. It just seems so weird. Like it was weird enough that they're like, We're making a new console. It's like, why would you tell us this early in the game? You know, right. like they're like teasing it out like it's this big thing and like it's not. It's not gonna be a big deal. It can't be. It can't be. There's no way they have the R&D required to make this thing something that's going to, like, compete with the real consoles in the market. So, like, what even the fuck is this? And, like, if you're not going to tell us what it is, just shut up and don't tell us anything. Yeah, I think it would have been prudent to wait and hit us with some really, really cool um, game announcements. Stuff that really gets the blood boiling because the, saying, oh, we have a console okay you know there's lots of consoles it's like yeah i have three so why should i care about you yeah, and i'm pretty settled in with the ones that i have so if you're going to yeah. charge me five hundred dollars for a console i need to know why i should be excited now and i have no idea why i should be excited so i'm not really being i'm not really looking to be critical but i'm also not looking to be excited either it's kind of a nothing announcement until something really materializes and that's probably a ways off right and that i think is the problem is like because like here's the thing right like i think we all agree the images they showed like this looks cool right like it's a cool little unit the way it looks physically as a box how cool would it have been if there was actually a good announcement behind that and you're like oh all right maybe they're doing you know but like instead it's just like this is a joke you sent me a screenshot of a thing with no context about what it is, and you're bragging that it has USB and an HDMI <laughs> port. Big fucking deal. Yeah, it, has, it better have an HDMI port. How the fuck am I hooking it up to anything otherwise? <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't have a controller to show me. You're telling me it's going to have new games on it, but I have no idea what the specs are. You're like, oh, yeah, it has modern components. You know shit it has modern components. You're making it in 2017. I also don't know if Atari is aware that the Switch came out this year, so, like... <laughs> That seems kind of vague to throw this idea, like, hey, look, a box for your home. Uh, remember when we did that years ago? We started this. We can keep doing it. Yeah, but, like, we, we're we moving past that now, you know? We're actually, with the release of the Switch, it's even, like, why would you try to release a competitor to that? And not for nothing, but, like, the Scorpio got announced, and the PS4 Pro has been out, and, like, 
we're talking about shit like that, and then Tari says, we got a box with USBs on it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I don't know what they're trying to get at. It's weird, you know? It looks beautiful, but why do you, like, you could have photoshopped that, you know? If this is, like, some long April Fool's joke, I don't know what's going on. Like, it's weird (laughs) as hell. Atari just teases it for a whole year, and then next year on April, they're like, JK, losers! <laughs> yeah. They're like, actually, it was a 2600 the whole time. Ah. <laughs> 2600 mini. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I, but, I, yeah. I don't know, man. So, I like, we, we are subscribed to this email thread. We will read them to you as they come, because... Even if this is a nothing announcement, I am so morbidly curious in what the fuck this thing actually is. Yeah. We're either watching, like, a slow Titanic sink or something really cool, you know? Yeah, and either way, it's going to be a fun ride. So, uh, keep it tuned. We will tell you more about the Atari box as it comes. So, item number four on the list is, uh, I'm personally the most excited to get into this one. I've got some, I got some things to say to Mr. Andy Brown here. But Telltale Games has announced the second season for The Wolf Among Us Woo. and Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like we haven't been waiting for that one for three years, so it's a little bit less exciting. However, we got more on that in a minute. And then also have confirmed the fourth and final season of The Walking Dead. So, uh, basically, I mean, like, arguably they're three biggest franchises, so pretty, pretty cool stuff here. Uh, so as a part of their summer 2017 update video, Telltale finally responded to fans' pleas for a sequel to The Wolf Among Us after three long years. We're going to reconnect with Big B and Snow in the world of fables. And according to the video, we've only got to wait until 2018. So, Andy, as the other biggest Wolf Among Us guy here, I, I we've been waiting for this for a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm hyped. I don't know if it needed to happen, but I wanted it to. Like... Yep, that first season ends on such like a a good note for that story, and there's like because it's a prequel, Fables is still there if you want more. Yeah, and it's cleanly wrapped up in a way where like there is like um there's a lot of fan speculation about the ending, but there's also like you can pretty definitively read it as the end of that story. Yeah, it's just like it's so good. As a, just, like, the perfect noir ending, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we were talking about this a while ago. Didn't you express some concerns that you're, like, a little afraid that they might just fuck it up? Like, it might come out and just not be as good, and then that kind of changes how you feel about the original? Absolutely. Um, and it's, like, it's dumb to have that fear, because, like, no matter what happens, the original's still the original. They're not gonna go back and change it. But at the same time, it's, like, I don't know, I don't want it to come out and be bad, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, because we're invested in it, and it's so good as it is. Like, it is such a perfect game that it's like, you don't need more. And, like, I want more, I'm very excited for more, but there is always that risk that it doesn't live up to the exceedingly high standard it set itself. Yeah, I would rather not get a season two than get a bad season. Yeah, I agree. However, I think the fact that they waited three years... I feel like they must have, they must be confident going into it, that they have, like, something to say, you know? Man, I hope you're right. I, man, I hope I'm right, too. <laughs> uh, did either of you guys play Wolf Among Us? Nah. I beat it, but I don't remember a lot of it, because it was, it was like, I beat it within two days, you know? I blew sure. through that game, and I loved it, but I don't remember a lot of the, the grit of it, you know? Like, the... Mm-hmm. I remember the characters and major things, but, you know, it's like, 
it's a it's a massive experience to try to blow through in two days and i was rushed to beat a bunch of games that week or something i don't know why i was just like i had like a bunch of shit and i was like i'm just gonna beat this one game <laughs> like uh so yeah i loved it though i'm really excited for this good well, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't checked that out at home, definitely get it. Sean, it's a game you should check out. I think you really like it. It's not long. And um, actually, just not a news item, but just a, a thing re- related to this. If you guys haven't played any of these games and you want to go back and grab them, um, Humble Bundle right now has the Humble Telltale Bundle. And you can pick up, like, pretty much every Telltale game for very, very cheap. Including um, Batman? I think the first season of Batman's in the last tier now, yeah. Right, Andy? Do you know? I don't know. I will check right now, though. Yeah, take a look, take a look, and I'll, I'll get into the next bit here. Um, so while I would definitely think Wolf Among Us 2 is is obviously the uh, headline-stealing bit of news here, we also, like I said, got some information about the next seasons of both Batman and The Walking Dead. Uh, so the first episode of Batman The Enemy Within launches in just two short weeks on August 8th, which is awesome, can't wait to jump back into that. And uh, is going to have Batman dealing with some new enemies. Uh, we saw uh, a, a little taste of John Doe, who if you haven't played the original season, I won't spoil for you who that is. Uh, if you have played it, you know it's a familiar villain. Um, so that is very exciting. And then um, for, again, I talked about it, they teased the fourth and final season of The Walking Dead, and we got the confirmation that players will again be playing as Clementine. So, um, I'm happy about that. I think season three was definitely got a lot of mixed reviews. I myself haven't finished it yet, um, just because I haven't really quite been in the mood for it. Um, but I know a lot of people were kind of lukewarm on season three and their decision to have Javier as, like, the new leading character and Clementine be your more supporting character. So I think it's probably a smart move for them to move back to her for the final season and just really finally wrap this story up. Because I think, similar to Andy's concerns about Wolf Among Us 2, I think that's become true a little bit with Walking Dead, where I feel so far removed from the original season, which is the best one and the most emotionally resonant, that I think the more and more they pile on to Clementine's story, the the farther away that feels and the less relevant to her overall narrative it feels. So I think I'm I'm ready for it to kind of wrap up. Yeah, uh we we tried doing season three. Uh well we get through the first episode and then it like crashed at the last second. Yeah, or something. We, we we were doing a let's play for it back in the Slack and Slash days, and I remember we literally got to the final decision of the episode and uh the computer froze and we just <laughs> lost everything and it was just like, right. Oh my I'm not playing it again. Like that's right. the, this will be the third time I've played the first episode in a row, so I was like, mm, we'll go back to it maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that's my experience with three, but I do agree because like I didn't think two was that strong of a season in compared to one, you know? Yeah, like, I liked Season 2, but Season 1 is, like, one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of The Walking Dead. I'm not, like, a rabid fan for it, so it's, like, I'm not drawn into the Telltale game because it is Walking Dead. I just like it because it's a Telltale game, mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, And zombies are always a good thing to throw around. But Clementine's story is the best one, so... You know, maybe I'll go back and play three if if four starts, you know, coming out with some good reviews. I know that's like a long ways off, but well, it's not that. It's, not, it's next year, so yeah, yeah. yeah not, not there's too a far. lot of shit coming out though. You know, I, I don't know if I'll get to it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and then yeah, like I said, uh, August eighth for Batman, right around the corner. I'm very excited for that. I think I'm the only one who played it, but it was really good. I think. Uh, the first episode was very by the books, and I think the whole season like got a bad rap for that. Like a lot of people, I think, kind of jumped out. Um, but from season two to uh, or from episode two to five, it was great. Like it, it, they took a lot of risks with the Batman mythos. They told a very different Batman story than I've ever heard. 
um, and just did a lot of things that were unexpected with the lore and with the characters and the things that they were able to play with. You know, they did a very telltale take on it. Um, so definitely check that shit out. Um, did either of you guys see what the deal is with the telltale bundle? Uh, oh yeah, I looked at it. Um, Batman is in the $15 tier. The there you go. Pay What You Want tier is really good. It's got the first two seasons of Sam and Max and the two Puzzle Agent games, which are both, like, way more old school than anything Telltale does now in terms of, like... They're point and clicks, yeah, yeah not, like, adventure games. They're, they're point and click adventures, not, like, cinematic top-em-ups. Yeah. Um, but you said the final tier has Batman. Does it also have Walking Dead and stuff? Uh, no. Walking Dead is in the be- the average tier. Okay, so you can get all their games basically in this bundle, though all the big ones. Uh, not Wolf Among Us right now. There's more. There's more games to come on Tuesday, and Wolf Among Us will probably be there. Yeah, by the time this posts, all those games will be identified, and I would imagine Wolf Among Us will be there from after this announcement. So keep your eyes tuned there if you haven't played any of these games. Fifteen bucks is a great deal to grab all these games. They're usually like twenty five bucks a season. And this is a lot of content. So if you've missed out on any of these Telltale experiences, go grab them. Uh, Alright, so moving on into some Nintendo news. Uh, It seems like Nintendo Switch has finally found uh, the thing that people can really rag on it for, which is Nintendo Switch's voice app is launched, and it's even worse than we expected that it would be. So the app is currently only working with Splatoon 2, but fans have had over a week to get inside and familiarize themselves with some of the baffling choices that Nintendo has made when developing the app. For starters, the app's voice chat feature can only be used while playing a game. So using Splatoon 2 as an example, uh, you would have to join an online lounge with anyone you want to be in a chat with before you can get in a voice chat. So if, like, we were all in a lounge, we're waiting for Thompson, we can't have him in the chat and be like, what are you doing? Hurry up. Like, get in the game. Nope. Like, he's already got to be in the lobby before we can all talk. So that's dumb. Uh, game audio still comes from your Switch or television, while voice chat comes directly from your phone, making it impossible to hear everything at a balanced level at once. So you're going to have to have headphones in to listen to people talking, and then also have your game volume trying to compete over that. What? Ridiculous. Uh, however, the most glaring issue, though, is that literally any disruption, meaning shutting off your screen, allowing your phone to go into sleep mode, receiving a phone call, checking a notification for, like, a text, social media, any other app, will disconnect your call. <laughs> now, you can, you can reconnect to your call when you're done, uh, as long as the session is still available, but if you're playing a game, the match ends, everyone goes back to the lobby, you might not be able to get back in. Uh, so this effectively kneecaps any and all multitasking on your phone while the app is in use. And again, you can't even turn the screen off. So you have to have your phone open and on and draining power to be using this. Meanwhile, similar apps like Discord, which you could download and use on your phone, can run in the background just fine. You could have music playing over it and whatever. It's totally fine. So this this makes no fucking sense. Like zero. <laughs> I wonder if Nintendo looks at the market and looks at what other kinds of things are available that are similar before they launch stuff like this. I don't understand it. Like when we talked about the Splatoon 2 um, online play, it was I had a similar reaction where it's like I'm just dumbfounded by the level of just just they're just deaf. They just they, they don't have any idea what's acceptable in the market anymore. That's totally unacceptable. Who who would want to do... 
that's a frustrating experience. I can understand it if it was 2002 and somehow they were offering something like this. It's like, hey, well, this is the best that there is right now. Today, though, there's no reason to use that. Nope. Yeah, like especially when there are like more viable third-party alternatives. It's way easier for you yeah. to set up a Discord chat with the people that you like to play Splatoon with and just jump in with them. Absolutely. Blizzard had a similar issue where they tried Blizzard Voice and it was horrible compared to Mumble or TeamSpeak or whatever. I don't understand why these companies either just don't try it at all because third parties are doing it better or adopt those strategies. Why would you like I don't get it. I don't know why they didn't just like partner with Discord yeah. or something, you know, yeah. like and make like a Nintendo Switch like like there's parental settings or something so that you can't have any of the shit that they're afraid of or whatever, you know, like, fine, sure. You want to have this super family friendly thing? Like, I get that. That's part of your business. But this makes no sense. Like, this is so cumbersome. And again, it, it, it like, if this is supposed to be to protect kids or whatever, so now you're saying that these kids have to download an app, have their phone on all the time draining battery and data, maybe, you know, and like all this shit. And it's like, there's all these hoops that children have to figure out and jump through it's like what the fuck like like who does this benefit i really don't know personally man i don't see the point in like asking a consumer to buy a device and then say but wait also pick up your phone and do this thing like that really actually just infuriates me because like you may have a phone that can do it and all that but you bought the device for this kind of reason like the fact that they already uh, you know, didn't I mean, they want to add voice chat and all that, and you got to hook up your phone to it, I think is the biggest piece of shit I've ever heard. Like, that's crazy. Like, even if this did work and you didn't have the negatives, like keeping it on and, you know, draining battery data, all those other things, I still think it's ridiculous that they want you to use your phone to voice chat because the damn thing should be able to voice chat. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally every other console that's been released since the original Xbox has this ability. This is not like... Like he was saying, two thousand two or whatever. This is not like insane technology, you know. <laughs> well, I think I think the issue that I see is like Nintendo doesn't have the infrastructure for something like yeah, this. Maybe they like, don't. I don't you know, know. Like you look at their last two consoles, they don't have online infrastructure. Like obviously, Nintendo doesn't have a significant portion of people in their R and D department that work on online like interface like oh yeah, this yeah. is what your experience is like online these are what the competitors are doing this is what people are looking for we need to give them that they just they don't seem to have it and yeah, I guess, yeah i don't know why they don't outsource it to someone better or whatever but they just don't and i when you think about it a lot of the like right like xbox was the major innovator in this and sony has way more r&d and like they have western people working on their consoles when they make them so, like, I wonder if Nintendo just doesn't have the people and they didn't go and get people who have done this before. Like, they just were like, yeah, we're going to set up a new in-house Nintendo people to figure it out. We'll figure out our own solution instead of just, to Sean's point, emulating what's already working. Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like a little bit reminds me of the Atari Box people. It's just like, hey, we're making a thing, you know, and like, we don't know what we're doing. But, you know, let's just try it. You know, like with the Switch, like they know how to make a console, they know how to make games, but then they want to do this other crap, like the online stuff that they seem to struggle with generation after generation. So why don't they, you know, like focus on that? You know, it, it's not, it, this isn't like super hard to do. That's what I don't get. You know, they want to put out, you know, the little mini uh, systems every, like, you know, all of them now, like, you know, this, this regular one in the SNES and like, 
you know, they want to innovate all these new games and new ways to play, motion controllers, everything, and they can't get voice chat to work? I don't I don't get it. It's because it's their priorities. You know, it's like I, yeah. there's only so, so much resources. But like, it but should like, become a priority at yeah, some right. point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, dude, the thing that – I don't get why they didn't just, like, hire somebody away from someone else. You know, like, why don't you get one of the – like, you know, that happens all the time. Where they're like, oh, we, we needed to build this thing, so we hired the guy who invented Xbox Live. Or we went and yeah. grabbed somebody from Sony's team and just get somebody to lead a new team and hire the right people and fucking figure it out, you know? Maybe they just were confident. Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, the answer to the question is it's Nintendo. Yeah. This is just what they do. Yeah, that's what they do, yeah. And it's funny because ultimately I, I honestly don't think this is going to matter. I think a no. lot of people are going to – just no one's going to use it and they'll just use Discord instead. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, who fucking cares, really? Yeah, they shot themselves in the foot a little again, but people will still use the system and enjoy it, so. And honestly, I bet that's their attitude, too. It's kind of like, yeah. if, the, if the system is this good and we have this much goodwill and people like the games this much, ultimately, this isn't going to matter that much. They have third-party options that they can use instead. True. Um. So, to wrap it up, last item on the news list is going to take us into our meat and potatoes. Thompson, I think you've got to head out for work, right? Yep. So it's been fun, guys. It's been good talking to the whole group again. And I will see you guys next week. And uh, wish me luck. Work sucks. (laughs) See you next week, bud. Hang tough. All right. Peace, guys. Help those people see them movies. (laughs) All right. So uh, Nintendo trademark seems to suggest that a Nintendo 64 Classic Edition is inbound. So on July 28th, Nintendo filed four graphical trademarks with the European Union Intellectual Property Office, each one of which is a simple piece of black and white line art, uh, which is like kind of a 2D graphical representation of either a Nintendo console or controller. Uh, Why this is exciting is because one of these is clearly the N64 controller. And um, the other two controller trademarks that were filed were discovered by uh, NeoGAF user Roasty are images that we've already seen, uh, art of both the NES and SNES controller that have been used to represent Nintendo's classics line of retro mini consoles. Uh, So that seems to point to the fact that an N64 mini is on the way. Um, And again, it's always important to take this kind of filing with a grain of salt because companies do this all the time. Uh, A great example of Nintendo... Uh, you know, has taken out trademarks for the th- the predicted third name in a Pokemon series for the last two years and not done them. You know, like <laughs> they had Pokemon Gray, they had you know whatever, and they don't they didn't do anything with it. So companies do this all the time, right? Just to protect intellectual property or in case they want to do it in the future. And then adding to that skepticism is also the fact that the fourth visual um trademark was for the Nintendo Switch, which obviously has nothing to do with their classics line. So it could. This could be something totally different. It could be them future-proofing for an N64 Classic. But if you go and take a look at the images we've linked to in the description down below, uh, it's very clear that this is supposed to be that, whether or not they actually have plans to do it moving forward, right? Um, so before we get into the, the main topic, what do you guys think about this? Like, do you have any interest in an N64 Classic? I know we were all really jazzed on the Super Nintendo one, but do you would you be as excited for an N64 Classic? I still have my N64. I still have the ability to play it. So, it's not really. I also don't have... The, the best memories I have of that console are with games that wouldn't be released on this. So, no, not really. Okay. Um, we'll talk a little bit about more of that in a minute, but yeah, Andy, what about I'm you? I'm in the same boat. I don't still have my N64, but like, 
the games I remember fondly from N64 have all been sort of iterated on better. So, like, if I wanted to play Mario Kart, I'm not going to play Mario Kart 64, I'm going to play Mario Kart 8. If I want to play Smash, I'm not going to play Smash 64, I'm going to play Smash 4. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely... Uh, and also, there's the issue of, like, are they going to have four controllers packed into it and stuff? Or are you going to have to buy four controllers for this thing? Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of, like, issues with that, and I... I don't know. I'm not unexcited for it. Unexcited isn't a word, but... <laughs> but you're not, like, hyped for it like you are with the Super Yeah, Nintendo. like, I'm not gonna try and get it the way I am with the Super Nintendo. Like, if it comes out and it's great, that's cool, but it's not for me, I don't. Yeah, I get that. I think I'm kind of in a similar boat. You know, it's like, I think these... I love these mini consoles. I think they're really cool. They're very nostalgic. Um, and I wish I had the NES Classic, just because I think they're cool little devices, but ultimately I would much rather just have these games on my Switch, you know? I'd rather have the virtual console come and let me pick up the games I want to play there, you know? Yep. Alright, so, that's gonna wrap it up for the news this week and take us into our meat and potatoes this week, which is, um, I just kinda wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you, what are the games that we think are gonna be in this lineup? You know, like, realistically, you know, cause I think... Like, to Sean's point, right, like, there are some games that I think are really beloved uh, when you think of best games on the N64 that probably won't make the cut. Um, So I was thinking the SNES Mini had 21 games and the NES Classic had 30. So I'm thinking, like, maybe we try to shoot for, like, a top 10, top 15. That'll make the cut. What do you guys think? Yeah, Yeah, I guess that sounds about right. All right. So, I mean, I think let's knock the obvious ones out of the way. Super Mario 64. Yep. Uh, Ocarina of Time, probably Majora's Mask. Yep. Uh, Mario Kart 64. Star Fox 64. Uh, you think we get a Mario Party probably, right? Yeah. Mario Party 1, Mario, probably Mario Party 2 maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um. Smash. 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 And then I think the only other game I think of that feels somewhat obvious is like Donkey Kong Country 64. Yeah. But even that one's like not I don't know if that's definitely going to make the cut. Yeah. Um doesn't Rare like own that one too? Isn't that like a weird <sighs> rights like issue between them? I think so because Rare made it but they own Donkey Kong so like Rare doesn't own the game but they might own certain like things that they made for you know you never know i know that was like a weird thing with like uh super mario rpg is like that whole thing with like gino and people always want him to show up in things but square owns him and yeah it's like a whole thing um so that's possible for sure but i would assume i would assume that they're gonna play ball with rare for this because if you don't you also not only do you miss donkey kong country you miss a way more important game in my mind which is goldeneye yeah. Um, so that puts us at, uh, if we assume that those are all included, that puts us at 9. So if we're going for 15, like, this is where I, this is where I think the meat of this conversation gets really interesting. Of like, what are the games, and assuming, assuming they go and shell out the money for GoldenEye, because that's a big license kind of thing. But like, what other games do you think they make the effort for? Mario Tennis is a game you could put on there. Ooh, yeah. I didn't even think about it. That's a really good Ooh, pick. Paper Mario. For sure. Yeah, Paper Mario. I could definitely see that, too. That was a big game. 
Uh, you think maybe Kirby Crystal Shards? Maybe? Maybe. This this might be a long shot. I don't know how you guys feel about this one, but uh, what about Superman? <laughs> no? <laughs> Sean, I think you killed Pete. <laughs> Yes, yeah, not. yeah, I think that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like Kirby and Yoshi's story are the two that I'm like their first party games, and I'm kind of like, eh, maybe they skip those. What do you think about Pokemon? Do you think we get Pokemon Stadium or Pokemon Snap? Nah, Pokemon Stadium really requires you to have the. Uh... The, oh, the expansion game. pack, yeah, thing that's true. Whatever. Uh, so without that, I don't think you can really play that game. I mean, you can play it, but it's not. You're not going to get a good experience. Yeah, you don't get like the full experience. Yeah. Though you know, I don't know because the rental systems in those games were pretty fleshed out. Like you could play through that whole game using just rental Pokemon. You can. You absolutely can, and I've done it. Um, but nothing, nothing compares to the experiences of taking my own cartridge, slotting it in, and playing. Well, they would they do it? I think they may, but the fact that you—I mean, not to say you cannot have that experience, yeah, because there are some people who do have those cartridges still. But anyone who's new that doesn't have access to those, it's just not the same. They're missing out on a core part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. that was the that was the real appeal. So, like, what about this though? And this is a super like long shot thing, but how cool would it be if they did include it and? Uh, they included a Pokemon red or blue ROM in it instead of having that thing where you can... Because remember there was that place where you could plug it in and you could literally just play the game on your N64? Yeah. Yes, yes. What if they just had that and you could play through the game and it had the emulator and then you could just pull those Pokemon in? I mean, if they did that, that would be incredible. That'd be some... You'd take some jerry-rigging, but that would be really cool. Just as like a wish list kind of thing, you know? Yeah. like. I don't think that would happen, but I could see maybe Pokemon Snap, though. I feel like there's a lot of, like, people always say they want Pokemon Snap, you know? And I could see them, like, throwing them a nostalgic bone there. Because you gotta have a Pokemon game on here, right? Pokemon like, Snap is an easy one. I would think. Um, especially if you don't go the stadium route. See, but this is the point where it dries up. There are games I would love to mention, like Perfect Dark. Uh, countless wrestling games. But they I, won't... I, I think Perfect Dark, mm, oh no, because yeah, that's like kind of an Xbox franchise now. Yeah, there's no yeah. chance. I don't know though, because again, like I feel like they have to play ball with Rare. Like I feel like they have to. But what about Xbox? Are they just going to let that happen? They might. They might. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's as impossible as we might think. Because if you remember, um, when there was that whole thing of people were like, oh, we want Banjo-Kazooie and Smash. And Phil Spencer was like, we'd let it happen. Yeah. Putting putting one character in a game is, I think, different than saying we're going to let you make money directly off of a property that we own. I think you're right. And, and that sucks, too, because not only does that cut out Perfect Dark, it cuts out Banjo-Kazooie, which is another seminal N64 franchise. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is that is kind of where the well the well gets a little drier, and there's like you have to think of like the more obscure games, like um, and I don't think we might not see something like maybe something like Pilot Wings, you know, which is like it was a big launch game. 
um maybe like something like uh i don't know, like cool borders or something like snow or what was it was it cool borders or was it snowboard kids like oh yeah some snowboarders snowboarders 1080 or something like that, that. was another or avalanche 1080 was oh, another oh, one is that a different oh yeah but it was like cool borders too <laughs> oh um diddy kong diddy kong racing that's another rare one Oh, you're right. Rare made it, but they own the characters, so... And do they put two kart games on there? Because there's already Mario Kart. There you go. It's like, this is what I was saying. It's like, the first ones, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's easy. But then you're like, what are the last couple? Like, what are the last ones they sneak in there? Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) He made that one too, right? Alone? Yeah. Yeah, just Ken Griffey by himself in his garage. Ken Griffey and John Madden (laughs) should really, like, pool their resources. No, they they do two different things, man. They there's too much competition there. I feel like um, like it's a game we won't see, but like I know you were just like beating around it too. I think like that era of wrestling games, like uh, the WCW 2000 or whatever that came out, like uh, WrestleMania 2000. Yeah, and, and No was, Mercy. No Mercy was the WCW one, right? No, nah, the WCW one was WCW NWO Revenge. Okay, right, yeah. All three of those, though, were, like, those were, like, the last great arcade wrestling games. That those people, are the three, yeah. People remember those games so fondly. Absolutely. There is a hardcore community for No Mercy modding. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. That's really no, funny. Every mainstream wrestler is in No Mercy now. <laughs> no shit. Unbelievable, yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, to be honest, I don't, I think that this conversation right here... Uh, is exemplary of why we don't need a Nintendo 64 throwback console to be released. Because there aren't enough games to justify what I would imagine would be, you know, what, like around an $80, $90 purchase. I, uh, they're like what? They were like 60 or so. Oh, but all the controllers. Yeah, yeah the whole that's thing a really, together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, yeah, some other games that I'm like, Forgetting about that are coming to my mind, like uh, there's F Zero X, Jet Force Gemini, uh, Wave Race sixty four, Turok. That'd be a good one. Um, the Sub Zero platformer. Oh my god! No! <laughs> How dare Definitely you? Not. <laughs> oh, Bomberman sixty four. That was a good one. There's there's some other games you can fill out that that lineup with, but I, I think you're right, Sean. I, I don't think it's as easy to uh to find a pack of games that like hold up as well as the ones on the nes or the super nintendo i mean you look at the nes list what would you take off all of those games are like core games that you need to play for the snes if anything we can think of like four or five more (laughs) right andy had mentioned a few when we talked about it that were like these games could easily be on here and for me uh this is like this isn't the same you know there are games we mentioned games that i don't even know need to be on there you know like you know you're padding at that point yeah you're like you're fishing you're like oh what are the last couple that we can get in there yeah you know and that's the thing is i think the real the truth of it too is like andy said it at the top it's like a lot of the really memorable games are four player games and like are you gonna buy four controllers for this thing are they gonna package four controllers for this thing like is it worth a hundred dollars to play a bunch of games i can emulate on my wii like Probably not. Probably not. Um, But we'll see. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it comes out because I'm not going to lie. 
of of any of these, this is the one I'm the most nostalgic for because this was like the one we grew up with. So if it is a decent pack of games and it is that cute little tiny NES and everything, I could see myself biting down on that in the, if if the package is right. If it's not too expensive, if I can find one, I don't know. Because especially to Andy's point too, it's a fucking bitch to emulate N64 games. So, like, it would be real nice to be able to do some N64 Let's Plays with a console that has an HDMI cable and I can actually use an N64 controller, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's probably the main the main selling point, not for casual players, but for people like us who emulate games and would love to have these gameplay experiences. But for the most part, it's not going to be particularly good. I emulate um, the wrestling games these days not because i i can't play them on the n64 but because it's just kind of easier sure um, i mean i works. can't play my n64 anymore i don't even have a tv that works with it all my tvs right. don't do sd anymore right so it's like i have problem. two n64s and i can't fucking play any of my games you know yeah so offering it on that level makes sense for people like us i just i just don't know what the real draw is for especially for casual gamers i think andy hit the nail on the head all of these games have been done better on later consoles. And yeah. I don't think the same is exactly true for the SNES, especially because playing those games from that era, it's it's not the same because the graphics, you want those graphics. You know, you want those those 8-bit graphics. You want that music. Those, those gameplay experiences are perfect. They're more they don't polished. Need, yeah, they don't need to be updated. The N64 came out at a time where the gameplay wasn't as good because they were trying new things. It was very experimental. Um, we've talked about some of the like wonky gameplay mechanics of those early, like PlayStation games, Nintendo 64 games that, you know, they're great games, but they definitely have some um, gameplay stuff that's like, ah, this could have been better uh, and, has, and has been done better. So yep. why would I want to play a game that's not as good when I could play the perfect version now? Um, for nostalgia's sake, I don't know. That's not enough for me personally. I think there's something to that because, like, I really do, you know, like, it's just not the same, right? It isn't the same as the Super Nintendo. And, like, I know you guys were a little more lukewarm on the NES Classic than I was because, like, I really like a lot of those games. Um, but I, I think you're right that, like, those are experiences that are, like, pinnacle, sprite-based, though that era of gameplay, like, it's the cream of the crop. And these games are the awkward, wobbly, like, baby deer steps into 3D. And, yeah, they're great for nostalgia. I think I think this is, again, like, this appeals way more to a casual player. I think, like, this appeals to, like, a 30-year-old dude who played the N64 in college and really remembers loving playing Mario Kart and stuff and maybe wants to play him with his kids or go play with his brother on Christmas Day or whatever. And I think that's great for those people. I don't know that it speaks as much to people like us. Yeah. Especially when you're hoping that these games are going to be on your Switch sooner or later. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, um, I'm just going to wrap it up for this meat and potatoes, I think. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about the N64 Classic if it's real uh, and when we hear more about it. But, um, 
yeah, so um, thank you guys for joining us here in episode 13 of the Video Game Pals. Uh, as I said at the top, if you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow our sister show at The Comics Pals. Anywhere your social media is sold, you can drop us an email at thecomicspals at gmail.com. That's the comics with an S, pals at gmail.com. Talk to us about any of the news items we listed today. Uh, send us your random questions of the week, buy ourselves any of that stuff. Or if you just want to recommend a game, you know, say, hey, whatever, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, beyond that, I had a frog in my throat at a very inopportune moment. <laughs> and beyond that, you can catch us on episode 14 of the Video Game Pals. We will see you guys next week. Take care, guys. Bye, everybody.